Hello and welcome to part two of this Switch It special on England in the 90s. While West Indies were past their best in 1995, England remained the undisputed masters of self-sabotage. Muddled selection was a thread that ran through the decade and we pick up with a classic of the genre involving Alex Stewart and Robin Smith at the start of the summer. England uh, won uh, against New Zealand, they drew with South Africa, they obviously lost another Ashes series, but 1995, uh, summer of 95, uh, the Windies are over England this time. Um, and uh, well, this was, I suppose, the kind of the, the, the flip from England's um, lack of success in the Caribbean is that uh, I think since um, that uh, the, la- the last 80s trip um, over here, the Windies haven't managed to win in England. Um, so this 95 summer seesaw kind of affair ends up as a, a two-all draw. Um, but the first test uh, at up at Headingley begins with, uh, as Butch mentioned, Stuart is... Uh, down the order at five, and Robin Smith is opening Robin the match. Smith's opening, there you go. The two, yeah, the two side. <laughs> incredible. Incredible. <laughs> and um, predictably, uh, it didn't go too well. It was just a complete full start, that, 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 that test match. There was nothing about that heading me test that made any sense at all. It was a... Uh, I mean, England's kind of waltzed into it with, the, with obviously the memories of Gooch's Headingley victory four years earlier, and uh, and I think there was a sense that you know we probably got the measure of these boys in in, in these conditions and at this time this time round, you know, given given that they they'd given a good account of themselves four years earlier and and were starting to compete on even terms, but it just, they just never turned up. Nine wicket lost. I mean, it was it was notable, yes, for Robin Smith opening, but also for Darren Goff, his um his. Emotional return to Headingley, the, the hero of, of England's Ashes tour, insofar as he was the one guy who showed any pluck. Um, he gets that first ball on a rampant hook um, to Kirtley Ambrose, holds out to find leg, and, and, and frankly, his batting never recovered from that. It was, it was, a, it, the, it was a pinprick in the, in, in, in the bubble, and Goffey's ebullient thumping had, had, been, had been joyous to behold. But I think someone t- tried to teach him how to bat properly after that, and, um, and it just wrecked him. Uh, and, and yeah, it was, it was just it was just a it was just a massive anticlimax. And then he then he with the ball he he steamed in too hard, tried to tried to impress his home crowd and and put his back out. Um, so you know, I think so much was invested in Darren Goff, the cult of Goff around that that particular match. Um, I think England forgot to that they had had to actually complete compete a whole test against the whole team and so you know one nil down without really raising a whimper it was it was right. thoroughly demoralizing and that, the, a bizarre thing again sort of taking the, the series as a whole i suppose you know, so goff goff went you know his 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 star faded that summer and, and it, it was the coming of dominic cork wasn't it corky had a an extraordinary sort of introduction um into into test match cricket um and um, you know, and, and I was just looking again, looking at the sort of like the teams that England's England is a England sides throughout the Test match in terms of the names. They're all familiar names, the guys we know know very well, guys who have started to play a lot of Test matches. Um, with Robin Smith being sort of the old stage, you got Atherton and Stewart, then Thorpe. Um, I think Hussain had a had a had a go. Um, Ram Prakash was a, was around there. Graham Hick was around. This is you know these these are all the same names. Yes, there was a bit of a revolving door, and yes, people weren't always sure whether they were going to make sort of three two or three Test matches on the trot. But they were all by and large the same people who had appeared in 
in the 93-94 series. Some, some appeared quite a bit before that too. Um, the problem for England was that whilst, whilst, sort of, whilst the West Indies were perhaps, in terms of their batting, not as stellar as they'd once been, although they could still call on Hooper and Lara and, and people like that, um, the, the bowling lineup was Ambrose Walsh, um, Bishop, and Kenny Bench. And Kenny Bench, you know, they were still the, the four-man attack was still formidable. You know, you put Bishop in there with uh, with, with Courtney and Curley, and you've got a serious problem on your hands, as was proven. Um, so look, I mean, it's you know, the, the, the problem for England was was all, was pretty much scoring enough runs. So whichever bowling lineups they managed to cobble together, particularly at home, they could always they always looked like they might take twenty wickets. It's good scoring up run. Well, I think um, this this summer um, Thorpe uh, sort of well Thorpe and Hick had kind of um, hmm. breakthroughs. Uh, Thorpe five hundred runs. He didn't score a hundred, but but um, tallied five hundred. Yeah. Uh, or I will told Hick got a hundred and three fifties, averaged more than fifty. Um, so yeah, those those two kind of stood out in the middle order in the next game um which was is remembered of course for Dominic Cork's debut um that Robin Smith got significant runs in that second innings I mean it was um it was also a summer of of debutants uh, Cork being the one we will um spend the most time on but a few other names uh, just to throw in uh, in uh, for your um uh, delectation Peter Martin <laughs> Mike Watkinson, Nick Knight, Jason Gallion, uh, and of course Alan Wells at, at the Oval in, in the final game. Of course, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but, <laughs> he but he caught as well. To be honest, he got caught short leg <laughs> fight, didn't he? Caught yeah, first, leg first baller defending defending front foot back foot uh, yeah. to to, um, to short but, leg. I mean, those those are, those are still the days when you know one good performance in in late August, early September, yeah, would would get you a winter tour. And here he was, uh, his first test for England, age what thirty three or something by then, and you know first ball, a blob, and you know troops off, and but that's it. You know, I think I think he got a, a, a handful of runs second dig, but you know his card was marked already. That was he knew the moment he nudged that ball to short leg that his career was over. I mean that you know it's it's hard to quantify the. The, the the cruelty that went into 1990s selection. I mean, obviously your, your documentary uh, covered mm. it uh, covered it in depth. But you know, compared to the opportunities that that you would get in this day and age with you know central contracts and the general sense that you know you might be given a series to prove yourself, three tests or or so. Um, yeah, one 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 strike and you're out in those days. And I think also that as sort of. Uh, as Illingworth became more and more, you know, he was he was selector, he was in charge, all that kind of stuff. What what happened that summer? And I remember talking to Athers in in quite some detail about it in the in the doco was that he he sort of as when he took over as captain in 94 after the World Cup, he'd had an idea as to who he wanted, and he wanted he he had the idea that he wanted to create the nineteenth county, you know, that England was going to be. He'd, he'd have his Thorpes and Ram Cashes and Stewarts and that. And these guys would be the, the the basis of his team. Illingworth comes along and basically throws that out the window. Craig White was another one who played, didn't he? Ninety, he played that series, um, and 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 he it, and what happened was that Athers, Athers and his relationship just didn't go anywhere from 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 the start. Lancashire, Yorkshire, both very very stubborn men, and it appeared that Illy didn't really know much about 
about the, 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 the players or, you know, he was so far removed from county cricket. It was so much older. He didn't really have any sort of a, a grasp as to, as to who these guys were and who the, the players were that, that were, that had the requisite sort of, um, you know, the mental makeup to sort of survive in test match cricket. Athers thought he knew who they were. And so you had this situation whereby a captain and coach had, you just had nothing to say to one another. Of course you had the, you know, the, the whole, dirt in the pocket thing as well. The relationship went even further downhill because Illy threw Athers under the bus with that. Um, and, and basically all the good, any good work that had been done, I say all the good work, it wasn't exactly turning itself into you know, series wins left, right and centre. But any good work that had been done, 93, 94, um, you know, the, 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 around about that sort of time when England were, were starting to build a nucleus of players, just, just got thrown away, got thrown away over the course of, of one summer at home. Um, and, and, and in England, you know, Athos started off on the back foot again, starting in 96, you know, with an Ashes series looming after that. I mean, they had the debacle of the Zimbabwe tour and, you know, and, and various other things happening in the lead up to that Ashes summer in 97. But again, you look through some of the players that were used or some of the players that kept cropping up throughout that time. If they'd have gone out in the park as, as an 11, you know, 80% of the time instead of 40% of the time, that, that whoever was captain would have had better results because they were all, they could all play. Um, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the sort of the mismanagement throughout the period from above coach level, from, you know, from the board level and from the counties and the way that they were, that they still controlled the players to a greater or lesser extent meant that the, the successive captains were kind of, you know, they were, they were on a hiding to nothing. It didn't matter if they were any good or not. They very often didn't have the team that they wanted. And if they did have the team they wanted, their bowlers were buggered um, because they'd been, they'd been playing all week it, 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 for their county. So there's a, a lot of sympathy goes into it for, for, for all of the guys who captained in that time. Yeah, talking about the selectors, Miller, uh, they came good with uh, with that pick for Lords, uh, the debut for Dominic Cork. Seventh for, uh, first win over the Windies in sort of 40 years. Uh, at that ground, um, a, a pretty memorable, uh, pretty memorable outing. It was it was a hell of a match. It was it was one one of my favourite Test matches of, of of the decade. To be perfectly honest, I mean England England had a battle back. They they conceded a forty run deficit, and you know it was a three hundred par pitch, and so you know there was there was a significant dent in their hopes. But yeah, up pops Dominic Cork in the in the final innings with with his seven foot. But you know I have to go back to the beginnings and 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 give the credit where it's really due. Which is obviously to to my man my man Angus Fraser for his uh, <laughs> his five for sixty six from thirty three overs in the first innings. Uh, one of those one of those stats I reel off. You know, it's just it, you know I, I do I do like I do like perfect perfect numbers and you know economy rate of two and a five for it was it was one of my one of my favourites. You know, just doing doing the job again. It was uh, uh, <laughs> it, it, it it kept England afloat and it, you know once again Darren got. As, as, as Butch mentioned, was was straining at the leash, trying too hard to impress, and, and not quite getting it right. Uh, Cork only got one wicket. Digger Martin, you know, fairly economical, but was basically a Fraser light in those days. And Illingworth was ineffectual. So Fraser, as he did so often, carrying the carrying the can for the team, keeping them in the in the game at all costs. And then suddenly, yeah, they they turn around. Smith gets his ninety to to eke out a, a, a defendable lead. And then up, yeah, up, back, well, up, up, Smith, up, Robin was Robin was back at five, wasn't he? So they he was. they ditched the uh, 
So, I mean, how do you, how do you, I mean, it's just talk me through, how do you make the decision, <laughs> having planned for the beginning of the series, in the first test match, that Alex Stewart is going to bat five and keep wicket, and that Robin Smith is going to open. Uh, ten days later, that plan has gone completely out the window. Stewart and, and Atherton are back at the top of the order, and Smith is back at five. This <laughs> makes two fifties in the, you know, the 50 and a, the 60 in the first innings, and 90 in the second set up the win. And England win the test. I mean, that's just that's that's abominable, isn't it? <laughs> the thinking England in the nineties in you know, a nutshell. That's not, that's not even something that happened after you've played three tests. You know, that was the first <laughs> test match of the series. This is the grand plan, completely <laughs> ripped up and changed by the second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously England England were were in were in absolute knots at the time with with Stewart's role because obviously uh, Bumpy Rhodes had been in the ashes and, and had a shocker with the bat, and so. You know, and 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 Russell was out of favour, and you know he, he was he was he'd come back for the for the following Caribbean tour, but you know he was in in that limbo period. But I mean, the one thing to say about Stewart in the, in this in this game, he opened opening the batting and keeping, but he pulled off one of the outstanding grabs in the second innings, including mm. Lara mm. diving low low to his low to his left, one handed scooping Lara for, off off the turf. I mean, YouTube it if you can. It's an it's an absolutely sensational grab. Yeah, and that was right, that yeah. was kind of the that was kind of the defining moment I think in the in the in the stump of East Stopper sort of debate that was around Stewart and Russell at the time. It was like you know everyone up until that point they said, well, you know, Alex Stewart is the better batsman, but oh, no one's no one's as good as Jack Russell. But that that grab was was out of this world, and it just just I think from that moment on, uh, Paul Paul Russell's card was marked. Really, it was like you're not going to get the runs that this chap can. And, um, no, but, but, but Alec didn't make the runs either. I mean, this is the thing. You know, <laughs> you, you, Alec didn't, but, you know, Shuey, who had been the, the hero of, of Barbados, who, who the West Indian quicks all, all respected and thought was, uh, you know, a real danger, didn't score a run. He was in, the, he was, he was keeping wicket. He was opening, opening the batting and keeping wicket for crying out loud. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's incredible. It really is. And to, for, you know, one of the things, I remember Athers again talking Athers in the doco talking about him and Gooch at the top of the order that that changed I think during a during a tour of India or something, and he went to Gooch. He said, "Listen, what's you know this is the one thing we got going for us as a batting lineup at the moment. You and I at the top of the order. Why are we changing that to to sort of to to make up for a deficiency elsewhere?" And it was exactly the same thing that with Alec, you know, Alec Alec and, and Athers at the top of the order, seriously good players, proper players against proper bowling attacks. Um, and, and England did everything in their power not to have them do it um, for most of the decade. Well, that summer, I think, um, injury intervened uh, and uh, Jack Russell found his way back into the side. But uh, it, it was, uh, what, the third test was at Edgbaston and uh, England were blown away in the second innings for 89. Yeah. And then levelled it up again at Old Trafford. And, and this time it was, it was caught with a hat-trick. Was it, was the Edgbaston, I was trying, I'm trying to remember, I was trying to sort of mm. flash back. The Edgbaston pitch was not a good one, I seem to remember. Didn't Ambrose... It was shaved at both ends and with, right. with grass in the middle. And the first ball of the match from Ambrose sailed over Arthur's head full of... Right, over the keeper, yeah. And, and, and it was, I mean, Ambrose's eyes were as wide as saucers. It was like, yeah. ooh, well, you A couple of days off here. And Jason he, he, Gall- didn't need a, he didn't need a second invitation after that. No, did, Jason Gallion, didn't he? Wasn't that his debut in that? And he broke his finger, didn't he? In the he did. And, and, and Smith, again, a pair of 40s in, in, the, in that innings, in that, that game that were, you know, both of them were worth centuries. They were, they were absolutely heroic and utterly futile, as it turned out. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was another another example of you know England England's a bit like the the previous tour. They're, they're basically they're, they've lost two two tests they should have won or at least not failed to turn up in. And you know they're they're already up against it in in, in a series that you know by and large they they should have been every bit as every bit as um, level pegging. But you know that was that was a that was an utter rout, and there was no yeah no no coming back from 147 all out midway through the afternoon on the first day. It's uh, it was it was curtains. Yeah, but in the, in the matches that, I mean the matches that went the distance in that series is another another sort of thing. The matches that sort of went went to the fifth day or went, went down to the end you know England had the better of them or drew them you know it was just the, the, they had a couple of absolute shockers didn't they and you know the edge baston pitch was largely to do with that in the third test and then England uh, did bounce back bounce back uh, say uh, Miller at Old Trafford um, and again I mean the, the feature of a, a lot of the summer from an England perspective was no one converting we had a, a 94 from Thorpe this time um, Lara got a, a second innings, uh, 100, and, and, and Cork's hat trick, um, helped tip the game towards England. A, a bit of a nervy chase though of 94. Oh, mm. it's an agonizing chase. I mean, I, I remember two years earlier, or, or three years earlier at, uh, Headingley, a similar chase against Pakistan that, uh, that England crept over the line in that game. And it, it was the same, the same vibe in this one. It was just like you're up against champion bowlers on, on a, on a wearing deck and, uh, it's going to be, gruesome to, to get over the line. I mean, uh, Jack Russell, to, to his eternal credit, 31 not out to, to dig, dig England over the line. I mean, Smith had his jaw broken, retired hurts with vicious delivery, the, 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 the compressed fracture. I think it, it was. The, yeah, it came off the top corner, top corner shoulder of the bat, didn't it? So it went ricocheted off the shoulder of the bat straight into it because he had the earpieces on him. Compressed fracture. And he was, yeah, he was never the same after that. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, but yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, the the, the 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 highlight from England's perspective was Dominic Cork's hat trick. I mean, it was uh, you know Richie Richardson, Junior Murray, Carl Hooper. It's in, it, it's not it's not nine ten Jack, that's for sure. And the, <laughs> but you know Cork Cork's, Cork was extraordinary. I mean, uh, my my favourite story about Cork was uh, from the ninety eight series. But uh, uh, Butch would have been in that 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 heading knee test when he uh, he basically blustered Brian McMillan out of out of the game by just calling him big nose every ball. <laughs> and banking in bouncer. See how you take this one on big nose. And finally, he top edges a hook to fine leg and trudges off for the most defeated man in all history. Because, <laughs> you know, Cork, Cork was magnificent, but he, he was so much of him was bluster. It was amazing. He, he had a, a wonderful outswinger when it, when it was going. Yeah. Uh, but the rest, rest of the time, he was hitting the middle of the pitch and forcing errors from, from batsmen who thought they knew better than him. It was, it was it, mind of a matter was a, a lot, of, a lot of his England career, and um, and and it, it was it was mightily impressive. Yeah, a bit of reverse swing. I, I seem to remember from old, at Old Trafford, as it as it would do there on a on a regular basis. The dry deck, yeah, dry and hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stunning, sort of stunning. Again, you know, so as I said, the golf was waning at the time, and, and Cork was um, into the stratosphere, and and that's another feature of um, you know the the 90s was that was kind of like there was always this cult of um cult of personality not as such but the cult of celebrity around the England team where somebody like Gus would never it would never happen with somebody like Gus he didn't have the demeanor for it and would and would have and would have hated the, the spotlight anyway but you always felt that players were you know one one performance and all of a sudden all the sponsors are around and all this new gear was turning up you get new sunglasses and hairdos and all this kind of stuff a new <laughs> car would a new car would turn up in the in the car park type thing 
you know, there was always this sort of, uh, which is probably why why the why people's performances at the times were so mercurial. You know, you, you, there was no level ground in it. You, you were either the greatest thing that has ever happened to the game, or you were totally useless, and there was nothing in between. And that's the way that the you know the the way that the, the media perhaps, uh, and also the way that it felt in the dressing room. You know, you if you were the if you were the king for the week, you know, that was what everybody wanted, and you kind of you know. <laughs> And people were and people were not always all that happy about other people's successes at the time because of that. Well, um, in an age of extremes for England, it, actually, the road became more middling for for, for a period. So the, the that series still two more tests to run, but they were both high scoring draws. Uh, Mike Watkinson, who mentioned, uh, um, had a, a minor starring role at Trent Bridge. Um, so, so series drawn and and and. Um, Atherton's side sort of progressed, you know, up and down results, uh, 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 beaten in South Africa, um, as we've touched on. Uh, that was a horrendous series in South Africa as well, wasn't mm. it? That was, uh, mm. worth, worth, a, worth a pod uh, on its own, I think, that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. be, be, beating India at home, losing to Pakistan, drawing in Zimbabwe when they were obviously uh, flipping murder in them. Um, and then you, you got around eventually to the the Ashes summer when Butch made his debut and, and, a, and a 3-2 defeat. And this sense that, you know, perhaps England and Aston side were on the rise. And so the tour, 97-98 tour, I'll um, give you Wisden's um, description, uh, intro for the tour. They described it as a, a middleweight contest between two well-matched teams, one on the way down, the other gradually on the way up. And it, of course, they did 3-1 to West Indies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. Um, but, this, yeah, Butch, what, what was, the, was it cool? Was there a cool Britannia, you know, we, <laughs> we can do this type vibe about the side? Definitely. Definitely. When we left, when we left, um, you know, it was a hell of a long tour for the guys who stayed for the whole, for the whole thing. It was a long old trip. There was definitely a feeling that the West Indies were, were there, for, there to be taken. Lara was a problem, obviously. Uh, Ambrose and Walsh were, were, weren't getting any any younger, and but were certainly still still worthy of the utmost respect. But you did you did feel that the sort of like support card was was less than it had been in the past. Um, and you know, we had you know, I think the idea was that Atherton and Stewart would open. Obviously, Stewie's success there in the past was a, was a huge part of that. Atherton was a terrific record down there. Um, and then we had so there were young guys on the trips. So as myself. Uh, John Crawley, uh, Adam Hollyoak was on was on the trip. Graham Hick, um, you know, Thorpey was injured. I don't think Thorpey. Oh no, Thorpey was on that one. Thorpe, Thorpe made that trip. So we had we had the the, the makings of a of a decent uh, of a really decent batting lineup. Obviously, no no Smith that time for the first time in the in the nineties. Um, and bowling wise, you know, Dean Headley had, had come to the fore in the Ashes series. He bowled magnificently for, for Adam Hollyoak in the '96 um, A Tour in Australia. Made his debut against Australia. That's the '97 summer. So he was on it. Um, no, I don't think there was no Chris Lewis. Was there no Devon? No Chris. If, if there was one thing, we were probably down, we were lacking a little bit of, of proper pace. No Goff. No Cork. So you know, Caddick, Caddick, Fraser were the two guys that we were looking at with with Headley as a support. And, <laughs> and one thing, Ashley Cowan, of course. Uh, Ashley Cowan, yes. One thing, yes. After on the strength of his um, of his uh, Nat West <laughs> final shenanigans for Essex at Lords. And one thing that, that always makes me wince slightly was in a, in an otherwise 
very unmemorable game at Guyana, the, which would have been the fourth test, wasn't it? Because we had three and two in Trinidad after the uh, the debacle at Sabaya Park. Was that that I was looking through the the card in preparation for this uh, for this pod today, and realised that I was the uh, the fir- I was the third seamer or the the first change <laughs> beamer for the test match in Guyana. Headley Caddick, I think. Let me just make sure of this. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's go through my notes. <laughs> I think we were Headley Caddick. Or was it was it Headley Fraser? Uh, Headley Fraser. Headley, Headley Fraser. Fraser yeah, and, and then yourself. You only bowled three overs, but... Um, three overs, no, yeah. 15. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't make the ball bounce above boot high on the, on the list. <laughs> it was just hopeless. Um, and so I kind of thought, oh, we, we weren't going to win that one. And we didn't. We, uh, we, we got people. <laughs> oh, I, I can't imagine why you thought um, being billed as the third seamer was a, a hinted at signs of uh, uh, <laughs> weakness in the approach there. Um, but I mean, we, we've um, occasionally touched on. I mean, the thing about going to the Caribbean at the time was the state of the pitches and and uh, <laughs> what you were going to get. Obviously, the tour opened in um, in Kingston in Jamaica. Um, and it was it well it was a brief opener let's say uh, mm. and and a and a and a brief um entry into the onto the tour for you but you, I, I gather you weren't expecting to play until that morning and probably right, wished until um, 5 minutes before the toss and i had and i had not had a net right i hadn't had a net or a bat what what date is the test match oh that's a good question, good question. Uh, march sometime yes. No, January 29th. I not not played a game of cricket since, to, since the end of the, the 1997 series at home, summer at home. And they'd been, you know, <laughs> netting and whatever going on. So but good, we'd good been there a month, a month before the first test match. And I was not in the, in the, wasn't in the start. I wouldn't have been in the starting 11. So we had two or three warm up matches. I didn't play in any of them. There were no net facilities at any of the grounds. The, the most I'd done was it a few throwdowns on a golf cart path outside our, <laughs> outside our digs in uh, in Antigua. Um, so, and then I get told I'm batting three um, five minutes before the start of the game. So I was like, okay, cool. What's the worst that can happen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at last, we have an answer to the eternal question. To that question. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it, that was probably the best way to go about it, wasn't it? What, one ball and out. Um, <laughs> I, I reckon so, yeah. I reckon so. Um, I, I always remember Hollyoak in the dressing room as I trudged off crying with laughter <laughs> as I walked into the dressing room. I was like, oh, thanks, mate. He said, I was just imagining what your day's been like so far. I said, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good <laughs> um, not to be Miller, there anymore. Um, I mean, this Miller was one of the uh, one of the most extraordinary, um, well, things to happen in test history, I suppose. But uh, 17 for three off 10.1 overs and uh, everyone shook hands and decided yeah. to move to a different country for, yeah. uh, for a hastily I, I, rearranged I, test in Trinidad. Again, harking back to, to my rite of passage theme, I, I, I recall watching the entire test match during, during a break from lectures in my first, first year at uni. It was a, it, you know, I, it was a different world. Was, I, I popped into the pub thinking I'd catch the first session and there oh, we go. I got the whole, got the whole game. Nice one. But no, it was absolutely, absolutely extraordinary. It was, um, it was a very strange, uh, very strange vibe just, just, just watching the, the way that the, the team had, just, just 
started to crumble around. Hang on, I've got an intruder. You're going to come and talk to the West Indies? No, my daughter's decided to wander in and distract me. But, uh, um, <laughs> but no, the, 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 the vibe and just watching the, you know, the, the balls that were, you know, wrapping Stewart on the knuckles. His, his nine not out was one of the all-time great innings. Uh, and there was one ball he played forward to and it, and it, and it beat the keeper and flew away for four byes. It, it, it exploded as he played forward and vertical takeoff and, and, and flew over Junior Murray. It was a amazing scene. Uh, and you can, you could tell from a long way out that, uh, that this, this wasn't going to go the distance. No. I, I like how watching the, um, uh, watching back, you can find it on YouTube quite easily, but, um, the, I think it's the BBC sort of commentator announces that, um, NASA saying got one of the few balls that didn't misbehave. <laughs> just, 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 just for that in Trinidad. <laughs> well, yes, just okay. for posterity. And, and, uh, uh, yes, so, uh, that was an honourable draw. Uh, everyone <laughs> agreed, agreed to, um, Park it there. I, th- I think Brian Lara was kind of keen that Athers was the one to to say we should call this off, though. Yeah, well, because the the, the whole controversy about the the captaincy having been given to a Trinidadian over Courtney Walsh in, in Jamaica in his home test, so Brian was he was getting threats of all kinds from uh, for, for what from Jamaicans and whatever, and, and didn't want to be seen to be the man. I mean, uh, there was also a bit of naughtiness about that because uh, because. Face to face, you know, both Athers and Lara both agreed that you know this was ridiculous, and the game needed calling off. Whoever whoever was going to make it happen, but then in the papers, it you know the, the, some comments that have been made. Ah, oh, you know, well that that definitely wouldn't happen if uh, if England had been bowling. You know, um, you know, so, so <laughs> there was a bit of there was a bit of sort of sticking the knife in afterwards. They, they might they might well be right, but um, you know, I'd, I'd faced Courtney and, and Curtly many times in county cricket before then, and neither of those two blokes ran in. Neither of them ran in during the, the the short amount of time that game was played. After the first couple of balls, they both just throttled back because they knew that they mm. that someone was going to get killed if they if they ran in hard. So, you know, one of those things. But not um, but not good. I mean, it still counts. Still counted on my average. <laughs> yes, um, and and um, you promptly left out for for the next game for your trouble. <laughs> well, it was um, my fault, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, Miller the, and the, <clears throat> two back-to-back tests in in Port of Spain, and and again the pitch was was an interesting one. Um, and England perhaps got the best and the worst of it in some ways. Yeah, the right sort of interesting though. I, I, lo- I love a good proper low scorer. It was, it, was a, it was a difficult pitch, but there was nothing out and out unplayable about it. But again, you know, it, it it played... you just couldn't hit, the, couldn't hit the ball. That was a good <laughs> score, but it, well, you know, you weren't going to you weren't going to end up in hospital. Yeah, precisely. And, and, and again, you know, up, up, up rocks my main man. It's a, it, it's, it's, as if getting eight for seventy-five in the Caribbean isn't good enough, he gets an eight for fifty-three just to just to go even better. But then ruins the effect by dropping David Williams and and, and the crucial moment that loses the Test match. Which uh, I, I I actually tough, it, tough chance that one though. It was a tough chance, but I I, I can generally <laughs> say I I I've rarely been more despondent. At, after a defeat than that one. I, again, I, I remember I was on a pub crawl uh, at uni, just one, one, wandering down, wandering through Fallowfield in Manchester, and uh, you know I've been giving it the big, the big wagging finger, saying, "Mangus Fraser told you he's the best bowler ever," and then England blow the Test match. Just, oh God! Surely <laughs> one day we're gonna we're gonna get this right and not and not screw it up because you know it, you know I, I'd given up hope with the Ashes long ago, 
I, I, I was well aware it would take a generation for, for us to beat Australia, but I, I, I was convinced that this, this tour, and Atherton, funnily enough, had, had similarly been convinced his, the, the, the morale around the England team after winning that, 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 that fifth test at, at the Oval the previous summer against Australia had pretty much convinced him to stay on for one, one more shot because I think he thought he had the makings of a side that was ready to win. And, and the way they dropped the ball, well, literally in Gus's case, but <laughs> the, the way they, they failed to win a, a match that they dominated from the outset, um, just made you feel, you know, it's not, just getting over that line is, is, is such a tough thing to do. No, well, it goes back to what you were talking about. The West Indies just not lying down, even though you know, even though they were perhaps a, a creeping shadow of their former selves. You know, Carl Hooper then steps up and plays an absolute blinder in the in the final innings of that first game in Trinidad. And you, and you're right. I mean, I think I think it had, you know, especially given what happened playing at the same place on on another pitch that we could compete on. You know, even with our lack of pace on a pitch like that. To play two test matches like that, those were our best chances of winning on anywhere on that trip. Um, you know, consequently won the, won the second one, but not before we were already 1-0 down and chasing the series again. Mm-hmm. Well, so in, a, in another universe, you, you're uh, going 2-0 up and it's you uh, hitting the winning runs, Butch, or, or uh, might have been a... It uh, might have been a leg by. It might have been a leg by, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Gus, Gus doing it again at Caddick with first innings wickets this time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Butch, an innings of 24 from 103 balls. Yeah. Uh, and obviously re- recalled between uh, that, that second and third test. Yes. Well, I, I, so they must have left Adam out in the, in the second one. So, because Adam Hollyoak played, he didn't play at Sabina Park, but he did play at, uh, at uh, Port of Spain in the first one. And then I came in for him, I think, in the second one. Why? <laughs> God knows. I mean, I've done, you know, I've done nothing yeah. but parry one off the off the top of my hand or in the, in the first test match. Nothing had happened to change that in the second <laughs> one, but I played in the second. I think I got 28 in the in the first innings and that's yeah. one out in the second, which was just... 28 from 104, ball, uh, 104 balls, yeah. Um, so <laughs> two, two very similar innings. Yeah, two proper, proper dodgy, sticky dog. I mean, it was just the only way you could play. You just couldn't hit the bloody ball. And particularly <laughs> me with my, you know, my sort of lack of any sort of match practice or rhythm or, or any sort of talent, really. Um, it was just literally a case of just trying not to get out and hoping that the ball would bounce off enough thigh pads for you to get the runs that were needed. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of what happened. <laughs> um, so the series won all. And then we've touched on Guyana where, where Butch was the, um, the backup. Uh, a, a, a bit of a thumping there. But I moved up town. three. So I moved up. So, the, you know, we're, we're supposed to be getting to the point where the selection things are getting ironed out. <laughs> I batted at six in the batted at three in the first test, didn't play the second test, batted at six in the third, led us to victory, and batted back up at three again and, and first change in the fourth. <laughs> this this was total cricket before before we'd even imagined it. Yes. <laughs> the uh, all singing, all dancing, all rounder uh role. Um and there was there was to be no uh, repeat of the, the 94 heroics uh, at Bridgetown, but it was memorable uh, for Mark Rampakash's maiden hundred, which we, kind of the assumption was he then cracked it seven years after his test debut against the Windies. He, he smashes uh, or strokes, I should say, sort of 150 mm. uh, at Bridgetown. Um, and it, it didn't quite pan out like that, but, um, but a memorable day all the same. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, from the dressing room's point of view, you know, everybody was absolutely delighted. You know, none of us could believe that he hadn't scored. He hadn't scored ten of them already. You know, but uh, but to see him get there and that smile light up the ground was a was a magical moment in in the dressing room. Um, tempered only by the by the the feeling of absolute desolation when we collapsed to lose the last one in, in Antigua a week later. But you know, it was it was a magic moment. I'm sure you know the guys writing about it. I'm, I'm sure there were there were reams and reams of uh, of great quotes to come out of that day. Yeah, I mean, he, he got he got a very very good 64 in in, in a lost cause in in Guyana as well, mm-hmm. and this was not out, I think it was as well. So you know, two two innings that really looked like he 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 was coming good, and and obviously he had a good good ashes the the following winter. It, it, there was that brief moment. Brief moment where it looked like Rams had cracked it, and um, you know, I, I recall again. I recall that smile, that 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 relief. It was, yeah, it was, it was such a weight on his back because I, I, you know, he'd been he'd been around since Gooch's test at Headingley in '91. He'd, he'd played a, a understatedly important role in that. I think a pair of twenty sevens in a match when barely anyone else got out of single figures, mm. and you know, he he looked like a guy with absolutely everything going for him, uh, but he just couldn't couldn't catch a break. He was one of those. One of the greats. It's always said that uh, certainly Hick, him, Smith to a degree, guys who who really would have thrived with central contracts and a bit more security around them and a and a chance just to feel feel valued, I guess, rather than uh, than, than than looking at the shoulder every threatened every few yeah. matches. Um, and then, well, if if this if this decade if this rivalry was sort of marked by. Um, periodic optimism and uh and then absolute shockers uh the the, the way the tour ended um <laughs> in antigua see the, the, no chance of winning the series in here but two one uh two one down there's there's honor to play for um on the the, the final uh, day at the wreck a partnership between nasa and, and thorpe uh, 100, 180 something like that takes you Towards safety, Butch, uh, I think beyond T on the final day, this is yeah. sort of it replying, I mean, bowled out for 127 and then replying to 500 for seven declared. Um, Thorpe, Thorpe and Hussein guide, guiding the team towards that draw and a bit of respectability. Um, and then one of, the, one of the great runouts and one of the great collapses. Yes, a quality run. I think Ambrose and Walsh had both, had both got their trainers on. At this point, West Indies was giving it up. <laughs> the series was done. You know, there wasn't any need to kind of flog them any further. Um, and then just an absolute classic. Two two guys who who would who would certainly run out their grandmother um, in order to, to <laughs> preserve their own uh, preserve their own wicket in Hussein and Thorpe. Um, I, I've had uh, I've had both of them turn their back on me on various occasions in in my career, um, and leave, leaving me stranded. And so and there it was. You had a, a mix up, a run out, and then suddenly you know the twelve men scrambling for uh, for size fifteens, and uh, Ambrose and Walsh cranked it up again and and sent uh, Athers packing. I mean that was that was basically it. it. It was the series was done. We couldn't win it. It was a bit of a pathetic way to go down. Um, and then Athers. Athers uh, called it called it quits at the end of the test match, and there was there was literally not the dry eye in the house. You know, um, I think uh, everybody felt that they'd let him down, um, and that and that a, a, a series that started off with high hopes of, of Athers being the first captain to go there and beat the West Indies was uh, was ultimately dashed in pretty ignominious style. So, um, 
Yeah, and, and a lot of people had a lot of love for Athers in, in the dressing room. I know that he wasn't massively popular outside of it. He hadn't gone out of his way to kind of to uh, to be open and to speak to the press and to kind of like uh, to to, uh, to let people in or to, or to garner a great deal of sympathy really for himself and for the team. But um, but we certainly had a lot of respect from it inside that, and it was it wasn't the right way for him to go. But uh, <laughs> them's the breaks as an England captain, right? <laughs> it, was also, it was also just so, it, was, it was just so the misfortunes of the the, the the coupling of the of the rain that that wrecked England's probable victory in Barbados mm. sort of the aftermath of that rain wrecked their hopes of not losing in Antigua because obviously you put in put into bat on a, on a damp deck mm. that was doing all sorts on that first day and then suddenly it dries out to such an extent that not only the the West Indies put a lead of nearly 400 on the board you nearly save the game yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, i mean know, it just yeah it, the, the pitch the pitch on day one was nothing like you'd ever you'd expect to see at Antigua. It was just wet, you know. The water got under the covers. I, I bagged them for the only time in my career, I think. And that, no excuses, second innings, but first innings was. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the other the other thing to say about about the the the, the, the numeral of that series, just the the, the the sheer indignity of getting thrashed around by Laurel and Hardy, Lambert and Wallace. I mean, it's just, it was just some of the most disgusting opening batting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, it, and it came off time and time again, just, just hooning it from a, from a, from a full length, just belting every ball. I mean, poor Gus had no answer. It was like, you know, he, he was, he was, you know, if Gus had been a T20 bowler I don't think he'd have had much fun put it that way it was just every ball was being honked off a, off a, off a good length over mid wicket over long on it was just disgusting uh, I mean if it was if it was, if it was a T20 match I'd have loved it but, it, but this is a test match god damn it and it was Lam- Lambert Wallace honestly uh, you know I, 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 why couldn't Greenwich and Haynes have, 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 have applied the applied the, the final chop and, and, and seen Steen England off on you know at least lose 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 to a pair of greats. I'd, I'd I'd have been I'd have been happier as a as a spectator to watch that. It was just yeah, thoroughly demoralising. <laughs> Lambert and Wallace sounds like a a, a fag manufacturer. It does. No wonder, yeah. no wonder they smoked it. Um, <laughs> but before we uh, before we wrap up, I'll, I'll just read you um the the mention you get in in Wisden. Um, Butch's best work was done down the order in guiding England home in Trinidad. He had the talent, although his shot selection was another matter. Fair assessment. <laughs> was that from the end of that tour? That, that's the summary, yeah, the wisdom sort of uh, report uh, of the tour. Look, I, I, I kind of, I, I look back on that and think that I was, it was many, for me, I, I didn't feel like I was, uh, I, I don't feel like I was in the sort of form or had the sort of ability really to, to kind of to survive in that environment at the time. Um, you know, perhaps later, well, late, later it was fine. You know, back in 2004, when I go back there the, the next time, I, I have the, the tools to be able to deal with playing on up and down and sort of, you know, difficult to score on decks. But, but there, no, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I shouldn't have been in. I, I played five test matches out of the six. How? I will never know. I, I honestly, I don't know how I ended up playing in all five. Um, but, but that's, you know, that's, that's, that's how you end up. And I had, you know, I had a great moment being there at the end in Trinidad. And the rest of it was just a, an absolute slog. You know, I had no idea how I was going to score a run. I, and, 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 and I didn't. <laughs> it was simple as that, you know. 
Um, so it's one of those one of those ones where you know you sort of look back over your career and think, oh, you know what, I could have done without playing for, <laughs> I could have done without playing those five tests in the West Indies because I just because uh, they, they've made made my numbers look even worse than they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that that pretty much puts the uh, puts the lid on the the decade. Miller, any any final thoughts? Any last words for Gus? Well, I mean, you know, I, I probably said all all I possibly can. Uh, yeah, thanks for the memories. He, he, you know, you, you 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 made made my teenage years bearable. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it, was that much? Right. No, I was just saying it's, it's getting embarrassing now. I think you should probably. You know. <laughs> 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 brilliant all right well okay uh, uh thanks very much chaps you can you can rise from the couch the session is over you've already right. paid the fee uh <laughs> england of course would go on to defeat west indies for the first time in more than 30 years during the summer of 2000 under the captaincy of nasa hussein and then one in the caribbean four years later england's only victory there in half a century that's one for butch to talk us through at some stage for now Thanks for listening and stay safe. This has been the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com. Bye.